once again back once again back once again back once again back once again with a I'm Scott. This is the Wisdom in All Things podcast where we dwell ever so lightly but profoundly on matters of the mind, body, and soul. Today, we'll explore, expose, and execute on true grit. Being wise is tough business. This is part one. True grit is where few people go. In fact, Travis Bradbury says, developing grit is all about habitually doing the things that no one else is willing to do. When you think of true grit, And depending on what age you are, you might think of John Wayne, right? I mean, that was the movie he was in, True Grit. In fact, his character, Rooster Cogburn, says this, Baby sister, I was born game, and I plan to go out that way. That's True Grit right there. And it actually sums up how the Merriam-Webster Dictionary describes grit. Firmness of mind or spirit. Unyielding courage in the face of hardship or danger. It can make you a beloved hero, or when misdirected, a hated villain. Travis Bradbury's uh, article on grit highlights the work of Angela Lee Duckworth. As a seventh grade school teacher, she began noticing the extra something some students had that allowed them to outperform their peers. She had left her teaching career to pursue graduate work focusing on that extra something. Angela discovered that the majority of successful people all shared one critical characteristic, grit. Travis says, grit is the passion, perseverance, and stamina that we must channel in order to stick with our dreams until they become a reality. I think it is fair to consider using a grit meter to help us look inward and appropriately evaluate neglected or underdeveloped areas or characteristics in our lives. Not surprisingly, this list that we'll be talking about here in just a couple of minutes shouldn't seem that unfamiliar. Indeed, to someone seeking the right life, it's the Right Life Manifesto that I wrote. It's at uh, wisdominallthings.com. The list that we'll uh, talk about may not even be news, really, and we'll see this a little bit more in part two of True Grit, but why should we spend any time with it? Well, here's four reasons I believe we should. First, it's a reminder that God is the source and originator of what it is to be successful and enabler of necessary qualities therein. Second, focusing on True Grit provides us a look at the current mindset of those seeking success and provides a way to build a bridge from these characteristics to the true source of real change and success. Third, it reinforces that there truly is nothing new under the sun. Really, the world is taken by the outcome of a life marked by biblical wisdom, but wants nothing to do with the source of all that is right and good. Lastly, it does serve as a good checklist for understanding that extra something and the connection to their source. So in part one, we'll take a look at Bradbury's suggested grit list, Not so much as a means to make your dreams come true, but as a context for reflection and adjustment, and to see how they actually spring forth from what couldn't be more properly called true grit. So getting gritty with it first calls for you to make mistakes, look like an idiot, and try again, without even flinching. The most successful entrepreneurs put no time or energy into stressing about their failures, as they see failure as a small and necessary step to the process of reaching their goals. So don't have a problem with making a mistake or looking like an idiot and trying again because that's the way it is. So the true grit angle on that is more than just accepting failure. The characteristic of humility is probably the basis on which we should build. I heard Chuck Swindoll talk about being in the place of having nothing to lose and nothing to prove, which I think is so freeing. Humility also puts us in the proper position to receive God's grace and to keep from getting in his way. Secondly, getting gritty with it requires us to fight when you already feel defeated. If you quit when things get tough, 
it gets that much easier to quit the next time. On the other hand, if you force yourself to push through it, the grit begins to grow in you. Here's the true grit angle on that. When you consider who you are working for, and in spite of the opposition, Paul is able to say, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, Philippians 3.14, and then points out to Timothy that he has fought the good fight, finished the race, and kept the faith in 2 Timothy 4.7. Pressing on is not optional. There's too much at stake. Apart from the matter or circumstance in front of us, we need to keep in view the long-term impact God may be intending by our persevering. Thirdly, getting gritty with it requires us to make the calls that we're afraid to make. Sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do because we know they're the best in the long run. Every moment spent dreading the task subtracts time and energy from actually getting it done. Here's the true grit angle. Speaking the truth in love is part of how we grow up. Ephesians 4.15, and both are necessary. The truth, spoken in love. That combination, exercised consistently, not only means steady growth, but that the truth is more likely to be heard. Lies spoken in love are worthless. Truth spoken harshly is also equally worthless. Next, getting gritty with it requires you to keep your emotions in check. Negative emotions will challenge your grit every step of the way. While it's impossible not to feel your emotions, it's completely under your power to manage them effectively and to keep yourself in a position of control. The true grit angle on that is, I don't know that I've ever seen anything good come from someone losing it. There may be temporary compliance, but in the long run, it does more damage than good. Our anger does not bring about the righteousness God desires, James 1.20. And that is something that we should ultimately desire too. Next, getting gritty with it requires you to trust your gut. There's a fine line between trusting your gut and being impulsive. Trusting your gut is more of a matter of looking at decisions from every angle, Travis says. And when the facts don't present a clear alternative, you believe in your ability to choose. The true grit angle on that, so long as your gut is well-informed and under the right influence then you could probably trust your gut. Developing biblical wisdom should mean that when facing a challenge, it is the way that we consistently, even instinctively, respond. What that looks like in practice is what Solomon commands in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. God will guide the gut. Next, true grit requires us to give more than we get in return. I'm leaving off Travis's explanation on this one because I don't think this point was well supported. However, I do agree with his point. Jesus said it was more blessed to give than to receive in Acts 20.35. We do far better to ourselves, for ourselves, by giving and not being concerned about receiving. Next, true grit requires us to lead when no one else follows. It's easy to set a direction and believe in yourself when you have support, but the true test of grit is how well you maintain your resolve when nobody else believes in what you're doing. The true grit angle on that is... Though none go with me, still I will follow. From the song, I've decided to follow Jesus. That is how it is when we follow Jesus. Not only in regards to our faith, but also leaders at work. The right thing is the right thing. And that needs to be done regardless of whether or not others are on board. True Grit also requires us to meet deadlines that are unreasonable and deliver results that exceed expectations. Successful people find a way to say yes and still honor their existing commitments. The true grit angle on this is that it sounds a little hypey, right? 
And there will be times when we need to say no, but the spirit of finding a way to say yes is a beneficial response. It can keep us from being the king of no, urging us toward finding a possible solution and away from too immediately answering with why we can't or shouldn't do it. Next, regret has us focus on the details, even when it makes our mind numb, Travis says. Nothing tests your grit like mind-numbing details, especially when you're tired. The true grit angle on this is we certainly can't ignore the details. So the question is more of how concerned we should be with what details. I think this comes down to priorities. Matthew 6.33. It should keep us from being focused on details we should otherwise ignore. And getting to the right details is about being more thorough. Finish the job. Think your way through the request. Know what you need to know. Next, true grit requires you to be kind to people who have been rude to you. Travis says when people treat you poorly, it's tempting to stoop to their level and return the favor. People with grit don't allow others to walk all over them, but that doesn't mean they're they're rude back to them either. True grit angle on this, turn the other cheek, anyone? Accepting the world we live in isn't just about kindness. It's about true forgiveness. That's what's most necessary. This will keep the conversation after the conversation pure. Maybe you're able to put on the smiley face in the initial conversation, but true forgiveness will not allow negative gossip to enter the conversation you later have with other people. Lastly, True Grit requires you to be accountable for your actions no matter what. Travis says people are far more likely to remember how you dealt with a problem than they are with how you created it in the first place. By holding yourself accountable, even when making excuses is an option, you show that you care about results more than your image or ego. The True Grit angle on this, there really isn't any choice. One way or another, we're all accountable for our actions. But not to turn a blind eye to the attitudes of the heart. That is where accountability begins. What is the heart motivation and its subsequent expression? That's the question we want to ask. True grit. Being wise is tough business. It requires a consistent, thorough examination of the heart and a Pauline-like perseverance to serve God and others with excellence. Next post, we'll go deeper into Duckworth's findings about the five characteristics of grit. If you're interested in reading through what the Bible has to say about wisdom, go to wisdominallthings.com and under the Wisdom tab, you'll be able to look into the Old and New Testaments as well as find some great quotes on wisdom and other helpful articles. It's all available at wisdominallthings.com.